Oh, she's hungry tonight. I think she's hungry for the Bible. That could be. Well, um, is anybody ready for summer? You're not ready for summer? What's your problem? No kidding. Isn't it June? I thought it was supposed to be like summertime. But apparently summer doesn't get here until like someday in August. And then two days later, it's winter again, I think. So yeah, yeah, and then it's school again. So, so you're ready for summer, ready for school to be done? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you'd rather just go, you know, school all the way through the summer? Oh, yeah, about right there. Yeah, a couple crazies back there. All right. Yeah, uh, no, summer was meant to be enjoyed, not to be in school. And um, that's, that's what I think anyway. So I'm, I'm ready for summertime. And, but this last week, it kind of felt more like January. Yes. Maybe we could call it January. Wow, that didn't go over very well. January. Did you get it? January? Yeah? All right. Wow. Anyway, moving right along. Um, hey, tonight, before I get into my message, um, what did you just say? PB&J. Exactly. I love PB&J. And here's the deal. I was a little bit hungry tonight. And so I hope you don't mind if I make myself a quick PB&J before I get going. Is that cool? Is that all right? Um, now, how many, of you, how many of you love, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? I mean, you're, yeah, you're loving them. And uh, pretty much ever since, like, you were able to eat solid food, your mom was feeding you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and maybe she cut your crust off for you. Anybody? They're cutting your crust off for you? Now, um... I don't know how you make your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or if your mom still makes it for you, um, but I like to put two coats of peanut butter on. So like uh, peanut butter on one side and peanut butter on the other. Anybody else do that? So that the jelly doesn't soak in to the other side. I hate that, you know? And, uh, and so after I got old enough and my mom stopped making my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I'm making my own, I double-sided it. And uh, because I got tired of getting to school you know, and getting my lunch out, and, uh, and sure enough, I've got this PB&J, but because she didn't put this other protective coating of peanut butter on, the jelly soaks right into the bread, and I hate soggy bread. Anybody else hate soggy bread? Yeah, it's just, it's no good. So when you, you put the peanut butter on both sides, and then you put the jelly on, you got this protective layer in there, so that the jelly doesn't soak through, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's really, it's really brilliant, so... Um, so anyway, I appreciate you guys letting me dig in and, and eat this really quick. Um, wow, this is really good. Um, my mouth is still very dry from those saltine crackers too. I was like, oh, five crackers, no problem. I can, I can dig into that. And I got the first one in my mouth. I'm like, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. And by the way, this is good with milk too. You know what I'm talking about? Mmm. This is, a, this is a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I use raspberry preserves. It's really nice. I mean, you could use grape jelly. You could use raspberry jelly. Um, so on the count of three, I want you to yell out to me what is like your favorite kind of jelly if you're going to make yourself a PB&J, okay? So think about it. One, two, three. Blackberry! Exactly. Oh, blackberry. I wasn't thinking about blackberry. I'm telling you what, 
This is a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The peanut butter is just so creamy and good. Uh, the raspberry jelly is just so sweet, so sweet and yummy. Mm. I wish that you could be tasting this like I'm tasting this right now. Anybody else wish they could be tasting this peanut butter and jelly? How about this? I'm going to do this. Does anybody want the other half of this PB&J? First person to get up here and get this, it's theirs. Okay. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, you guys can split it. Yes. There you go. Wow. Wow, that is some good stuff. Isn't that good stuff, guys? That is awesome. Yeah. What happened? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Do you guys agree? Yeah, that tastes good, huh? Well, that's the title of my message tonight. That tastes good. And so if you've got a Bible tonight, you can open it up to the book of Psalms, chapter 34. And we're going to look at one verse. And I think they're even going to put it up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. But if you do have a Bible, if you just like plopped it open right in the middle, you'd be somewhere in the Psalms. And then you're there. Good. And then turn over to Psalm chapter 34. And then we're going to look at one verse, verse 8. Are you there? If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. You're working on it. Okay. Well, here, here's what it says. Even if you're not there, it's going to be right up here on the screen. And I want us to read it together um, on the count of three. Okay? One, two, three. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Wow. And it reads a little bit differently in different translations. And the one I'm looking at, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. So it's kind of the same thing. Take refuge in, trust in, in him. And I love this verse because it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And what I want to do right now real quick is I just want to pray and then get into this message tonight. So Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to speak with these students tonight about your word. And uh, I ask that our hearts would be open to hear what you want to speak to us. And, and God, let it be like receiving some good food tonight. Let it be like a meal that's prepared for us that can get deep down inside of us. And uh, I pray there'd be no distractions tonight and that, God, we'd be focusing on you and what you want to do in us. I just thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's something about not just seeing or observing something, but actually tasting it and experiencing it, isn't there? See, it was a lot different experience for you guys out there to watch me put this peanut butter and jelly sandwich together and eat it than it was for me because I actually got to taste it. These guys, you got to taste it, right? So it was a little bit different experience. We got to taste the rich, creamy goodness of the peanut butter and the sweet-tasting raspberry jam that we put on there. And see, there's a, a, a huge difference between seeing something and actually tasting it and experiencing it. Now, can you imagine if you were to go to a restaurant you know, maybe think about your favorite fast food place or your favorite restaurant. And let's say you showed up there and you ordered something off the menu and they brought your food out to you, 
okay? So you, you got there with your friends and, and you ordered, you know, your, the fatty burger that you like to get with the side of heart attack and, um, and they bring it out and they bring it out to your table and you guys, you kind of sit there and you look at the food. You're like, oh, wow, look at that. Look at those, um, those fries. Those are really brown. And that burger, that just looks juicy. And then after a few minutes of that, you, you get up and leave. How many think that would just be absolutely retarded? To go to a restaurant, order something, they bring the food out to you, you look at it, and then you leave. That would be absolutely retarded. That'd be a big waste of a great hamburger. And see, just like that doesn't make sense, um, it doesn't make sense for us to maybe have a, a relationship with God where we just kind of come, we observe, we watch, we see, but we don't really truly taste an experience of God. There's something about experiencing things and tasting. You know, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in an area called Redmond, Oregon, and uh, it's nothing like Redmond, Washington, I'll tell you that. It's, it's definitely like a cowboy town type of a place. It's getting a little bit better. Um, but there's this lake that's outside of, of Redmond, like about 20 miles outside of the city. And it was the lake where we'd all go to to hang out, have fun, and you know, go get tan you know, during the summertime. Um, but this lake is amazing. They've got these bridges that go across um, these, I don't know, valley type things over the lake. And this one particular bridge on, on the one end of it there was an opening in, in the guardrail and kind of a cement platform. And, um, and so what you could do is you'd go out on that platform and jump off the bridge down into the water. Bridge jumping, it, it's an amazing thing. It's super fun. And, uh, and this particular bridge is probably about 30 feet or so off the water. So, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good jump. You, you know, think about jumping off a three-story building. It's kind of like that. And, um, and so anyway... I had been, you know, we'd dri- driven by there with my friends in the past, and I said, hey, let's just stop this time and, and go see about maybe jumping off, you know, see if we can do it. And we, and we got over there, and we saw all these different people jumping off, doing cannonballs and diving in and, and going crazy, and we're just standing there watching, and finally I was like, I got to go, I got to do it, you know? And so I ran and jumped off that platform it did like some cool cannonball thing and, and it was awesome. It made this big splash and the water was just cool and refreshing. And it was an awesome experience. And it's fun to, for me to even just to get up here and, and tell you about that and remember, you know, that awesome hot summer day and jumping into the lake and that. But what if I had gotten to that platform and I just stood there and watched everybody doing it? And then, and then after a little while, I just, I took off and I left. And I didn't actually experience jumping off of that bridge. My story would be pretty lame tonight. I would have said, yeah, I showed up and watched some people jump off a bridge and then, and then I left. And it, I mean, that, that'd be pretty lame. And it was pretty wild too. A friend of mine, um, you know, picture this bridge kind of like a mini Golden Gate Bridge. All right. So it's, it's got those big pillars that go up and the, the, the cables and all that. And well, one of those pillars was 130 feet high, and he, he climbed up the pillar, like he shimmied his way up the pillar somehow, got to the very top, and uh, he not only jumped off of the pillar, but he jumped off his very first time doing it, jumps off and does like a front flip with a half twist in there, and, and lands perfectly, and he was fine. And it was crazy. I've got a picture of it too. Uh, where he's halfway down and he's completely upside down and you can just see this little speck of him against you know, how big this bridge is. 
And uh, I mean, the guy was insane. Uh, but he's had like 11 concussions and he's not all there uh, mentally, I don't think. Um, and the other thing too is I think he could have been arrested because if you jump off of anything over 90 feet or something, it's uh, attempted suicide or something like that. So um, anyway, it was a wild, wild experience. And, and see, what I want you to see tonight, uh, especially from this verse from Psalm 34, 8, how it says to us, taste and see that the Lord is good. And this was written by King David, you know, the famous king from the Bible, the same David that you hear of the story, David and Goliath. I mean, this is David. And it was said of David that this was a guy that was a man after God's own heart. I mean, he loved God with everything that he had. And a lot of these Psalms could have been written like songs. It's like these songs that he would sing out to God. And so here he says, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. And maybe he sang it out. You know, maybe it was like a, a chant. He was like, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then he had his scribe write it down for him because a lot of times they had scribes. So, and he's like, write it down. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know. Maybe he's saying it like that. I don't know. But nonetheless, what he was getting at was it's, it's more than just seeing God. It's more than just seeing you know, that God is good, you know, seeing his creation and saying, wow, that's pretty good stuff. Or looking in the mirror in the morning, looking at yourself and go, God, you did good when you created me. So I'm looking good today, you know? So maybe you could see that God is good like that. But I think what David is getting at is that there's more to it than that. There's more than just seeing that God is good. We can taste that God is good. We can have an experience with God that changes our life. And see, when you taste of something, when you have an experience of something, it comes to life. It comes alive. You remember it. And you can't help but talk about it. You know, think about an experience or a time of your life where um, you just had a blast. Maybe you went on a, a cool vacation or maybe, you know, there was a sports thing and it was a, a, a great day and you had an awesome day. You know, you got like five hits in the, in the baseball game or whatever it might have been. But you can, you can think back to those experiences and they're so real and so profound. And even if it happened a while back, you can still remember it like right now. That's the difference between seeing something and tasting of something, observing something and experiencing something. And that's the difference between seeing things about God and actually experiencing and tasting God. And, uh, you know, I can remember um, my first experience at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Uh, it was about, I think about five years ago now. And um, I ordered the filet mignon from, from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And it's this, you know, piece of meat that's about that big around and about that tall. And it's seared on the outside to lock in the juices and it's just like rich and, and awesome. And it's covered with like this shredded crab meat. And there's this awesome like gravy sauce that's on top of it. And man, it just cuts like butter. Oh, I can, I can remember it like right now. I can it's all, almost taste it. It was such a great experience. And, um, and as I'm saying that, maybe you're thinking about, you know, like you want to go get some food right now. You know, it's making you hungry. And here's the deal. I want you to know tonight, this is the thing I want you to grasp and get a hold of you know, from this verse, is that you can have a relationship with God that comes to life, that's memorable, that um, you can't help but talk about it, 
because you're so like close to God because you, you've tasted him, you've experienced him. You know, think about something that you're passionate about in your life and you have, you have no problem talking about that thing, whether it's a particular sport uh, or it's, you know, My Little Pony, whatever it is for you that you're just passionate about, you can't help but talk about that thing. You know, and I know Heidi last week, she talked about, you know, you know reaching people and, and saving lost people. And here's the deal. I believe that if you have really tasted of God, if you have a, a deep, you know, ongoing, lasting relationship with him, it's going to be hard for you to not talk about God. It's going to be hard for you to not tell your friends about how awesome God is and about how good God is because you've experienced him in an ongoing way. And, uh, you know, I've got a, f- a particular friend in my life. He was, he was a student in our, in our youth ministry that, that we were serving in. Um, before coming here, and um, he didn't know God, and, and uh, one time he came to our youth service, and, and he heard a testimony from some students who had just recently uh, given their life to Christ and, and to put their faith in him, and their testimony really spoke to him because he knew those kids before they made that decision, and he said, if they can come to know Jesus and have a relationship with God, then I can and so at, on that night, he you know, gave his life to Christ, and his life has been radically, radically transformed and changed. And uh, now he's pursuing like full-time ministry. I mean, he's given his whole life to God. Whatever God wants him to do, he's going to go after it. And every time I get together with him, it's exciting to hear because um, he can't help but talk about God and about what God's doing in his life. I mean, he's excited. And he came from a tough background. He, he lived um, down in South Seattle, uh, came from a, a really rough background of all the drugs and all that different kind of stuff like that. And, and he had a, a really kind of messed up life. But if you saw him today, you saw what, what God is doing in his life and how he's living, he's a totally different person. And it's not because he went to church a bunch of times. It's not because he just got really religious. It's because he tasted of God. It's because he got a hold of God. He's experiencing God in a, on a regular basis and loving him. And what I want you to hear so clearly tonight is that that can be you too. So you can have that same kind of relationship with God where it's just so exciting and you realize how awesome God is and how much he loves you, how much he cares about you, the awesome purpose that he has for your life. And here's the deal. I believe that you know, without powerful experiences and encounters with God, tasting of God on a regular basis, that eventually this whole church thing and God thing is going to get really boring or really lacking to you because it'll just be going through the motions. It'll just be maybe observing um, this whole thing and watching it go by, but not really having a real encounter with God. And my heart, my passion for you is that, is that you would not let that happen is that you would get a hunger for God. And here's the deal. God tastes way better than stinking saltine crackers. Those things that just make you really thirsty and you know, dry at your throat. God's not like that. God's more like a, a filet mignon from Ruth's Chris. He's good. He tastes good. And, um, and here's the deal. Wherever you're at in your relationship with God tonight, whether you have a relationship with God or not, I want you to understand and see this tonight in light of this whole principle of of tasting and experiencing or just seeing and observing. Because you can taste God, you can experience him in such a way that it radically changes your life. It changes the decisions you make, the path that that you take. 
and your ability to impact the lives of your friends around you. And, um, and here's the thing. Here's how, here's how you can taste of God on a, on a regular basis. I want to give you just a few quick things, all right? And um, I tried to come up with like three things that would work with PB&J, um, just to go along with our peanut butter and jelly theme here tonight. And I got two of them. So, so that was pretty good. So the last one, you're just gonna have to work with me on it. But so anyway, the first one, the first thing to do in order to like truly taste God, experience him is to pray. Prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is just, it's communicating with God. It's spending time in a relationship with him, talking to him. Think about the friends that are in your life. You know, you guys talk to each other. You maybe text each other. Guys, our conversations maybe are a little bit shorter than girls. We're like, hey, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Not much. Cool. All right. Yeah, sweet. See ya. You know, like our conversations are, you know, pretty, pretty weak like that. But after we have a conversation like that, it's like, we're tight. You know, we know that we really connected well. You know, girls, you talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And you still want to talk some more and some more and some more. And that's cool. That's the way God, God kind of made us. But, um, but here's the thing. Prayer is conversation with God. And it's one of the most simple ways to taste of him and encounter him on a regular, regular basis. So pray. The second thing is Bible. P, B, B, Bible. All right, the Bible is an awesome way to taste of God. Did you know that this is like your soul food? If you have a relationship with him, this is your soul food right here. Yeah, this is good stuff. You know, and even when, when somebody gets up here on Sunday nights to speak, kind of like I'm doing, and, and we preach from God's word, essentially it's like we're throwing a meal out to you. It's like, here's a meal of God's word. What are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna stare at it? Or are you gonna consume it? Are you gonna eat it? Are you gonna do something about it? You know, the Bible is God's holy written word for us, his instructions for us, and it's a way that he reveals himself to us. It's a way that we can know him and experience him and taste him. And uh, I was gonna bring to you my, my Bible that I got when I was, when I was a teenager from my, my parents. And it was like this new student Bible or whatever. And, and I was just gonna show you you know, all the different places where I'd like marked and highlighted and, and written all these different verses in my Bible because it was when I was a teenager that I began to realize how important it was to get a hold of God through his word and to experience him through this. And uh, it's interesting, if you were to read in Matthew chapter four where, uh, where Jesus is being tempted by Satan, uh, Satan tries to come to him and he says, Jesus, why don't you turn that stone right there into like a loaf of bread? And, um, you know, and that doesn't seem like that's a, a big deal or a big temptation, but see, Jesus was fasting and that was what his father had asked him to do. So he wasn't supposed to eat any food. And so can you imagine, you know, being super hungry and having the ability to turn like a stone into some bread that you could eat and not doing it? And Jesus responds to him and he says this, he says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What he was saying is that, you know, for our, for our bodies, you know, we need like just regular food, but that's not the only thing we live on. If we're not getting fed by his word, we're gonna die. Our soul's gonna die. We gotta get his word inside of us. We gotta develop a hunger for his word. And the more and more you read it, the more you dig into it, the more hungry you'll get. 
And if you're wondering, hey, you know, that's cool, but like, where do I even start reading? You know, I'll tell you what, the Psalms are awesome to read. There's a lot of great stuff in there that'll challenge you and encourage you. You could read in the book of John, read about Jesus, read about his life. The more you read about him, the more you'll know him and get closer to him. So you got prayer, you got Bible. The last thing is worship. I couldn't find a J, so, we're, uh, so I could say just worship. How about that? I, I know, yeah, Jesus, that's a good answer, right? Worship Jesus. And, uh, and here's the thing. Um, worship is way more than just, just singing. Worship really is a lifestyle, you know, living in, in worship to God. Whatever we do, we bring glory to him. Whether you're out, you know, on a sport field playing some kind of sport, whether you're in school, whether you're at home or your relationships with people, that could be worship to God. It could be glorifying to God. But specifically tonight, I want to even speak to the, the aspect of singing and, and worship through singing to God. You know, music is, is a powerful thing. And speaking of that, is Nick around? Is he here? Nick, can you come on up? Nick's going to come on up, and he's going to get ready, ready to play tonight. And uh, we're going to have just a few moments together, just worshiping together before we leave. And, um, uh, and you can begin to play whenever you're ready, Nick. And here's the thing. Some of the most powerful and profound moments in my life, in my relationship with God, I can look at happen during a time of worship. The reason I, I even pursued like youth ministry and doing what I'm doing and working with you guys, working with young people is because when I was uh, at a particular conference and, and worship was happening, I was worshiping God, all of a sudden I just felt him clearly speak to me and say, Justin, I'm calling you to reach this generation. It was a powerful moment for me and it happened during a time of worship. And it was an encounter and experience that I can remember like it was yesterday. And it happened when I was 16, which is like 11 years ago. But I can still get the picture in my mind of that. And see, when you come in, into this place, like on Sunday nights, um, you have an opportunity every Sunday night to come and to worship God and express worship to Him. And in doing that, you never know when God can just show up in your world where you can experience His presence in a powerful way, in a way that just rocks you where it just changes your life. And here's the deal. God is, he's so good. <laughs> just like David said, he got it right. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God is good. He loves you so much. He wants you to experience him on a regular basis. He doesn't just want you to observe and just come watch. He wants you to know him. He loves you. And here's the deal. I want to close with this final verse. And then we'll wrap up. The verse is found in Revelation 3.20. And it says this. It says, behold. This is Jesus speaking. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. See, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart tonight and he's knocking. He's knocking and he's saying, hey, Will you open the door? Will you let me come in? Will you let me come in and, and have a meal with you? Get close to you? Will you let me come in and, and talk to you about how much I love you? Will you let, let me come in so we can develop a close relationship? So I can talk to you about your purpose in this life? 
because your purpose comes from God. And the closer you get to him, the more you understand or realize what your purpose really is, why you're on the planet. Why are you breathing air right now? It's because God gave it to you and he has a plan and a purpose for you. And he's knocking on your door and saying, hey, will you let me in? Will you let me into your life? Will you let me into the center of your life? Will you let me in so you can experience me for real? Not just kind of go through the motions and just kind of be religious, but to have a real relationship with the God that created you. He's knocking on your door right now, the door of your heart. Would you stand and and just close your eyes with me tonight as we close? Nick is going to begin to play a song tonight. And here's what I want. I don't want anybody to distract anybody. You know, get your eyes closed even right now. Don't, don't mess with anybody. Don't bump anybody. Don't talk to anybody right now. It's just you and God. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity tonight that you can have before you leave to have an experience with God. To not just be an observer, but to give him your heart, to open the door, to worship him for real, to pour out your heart in song to him. So as Nick plays this song, maybe at first, just spend a quiet moment with God. Just see if the door of your heart is open to him tonight. Think about that. And if it's not, I encourage you, open it up because Jesus wants to come in and show you your purpose give you a hope, show you how good he is, how much he loves you, how much you can experience him. So as Nick sings, just take a quiet moment on your own and then we're gonna bring up the words and lose it.